we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And today we have another virtual podcast for you all. But first, I want to remind you to check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Also, check out our website, HenricoCTE.com, where you will be able to gain access to our next to our next Virtual Life Ready Expo on January 26th. Got to plug the, the Life Ready Expo, Mike. Got to plug it. Uh, this Life Ready it's Expo. It's so important. It's so important. So important. This Life Ready Expo is centered around business management and technology. Come connect and talk to businesses about breaking into business about breaking into business on January 26th at 6 o'clock p.m. Be in HenricoCTE.com. I mentioned, check out the website, HenricoCTE.com. Click the Life Ready Expo article. It's in the featured section. Mike has it nice and big and bold up there, so you cannot miss it. You can't miss it. It's right there in front of you. Right there at top, right there at the top of the website. That's HenricoCTE.com. Uh, Click that, and you'll get more information as to how to actually join the meeting on January 26th at 6 o'clock p.m. Mike, tell them where they can listen to the podcast. You can find the podcast uh, on any of the major and uh, most of the minor podcast venues. Uh, the major ones, you know, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify. Um, if they are all available. Just like and subscribe, whatever you've got to do to so that you get notifications uh, whenever a new one comes up. We have a new one every two weeks. You don't want to miss them. There lots of great information, lots of fun. Lots of great information. We have lots of great people on there. And uh, I learn a lot, Mike. I don't know about you. Every single time we sit down with folks oh, yeah. in the industry, uh, in schools, wherever we're talking to, to people, whoever we're talking to, I always stand to learn a lot. And I feel like we can stand to learn a lot from the two folks that we have here. Uh, we have a Hermitage High School counselor, Kathy Farrell, and a Henrico High School counselor, Tiffany Crims Ryder. And I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for saying that last name correctly. <laughs> And look, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us here uh, on uh, the podcast here in Henrico CTE Now. And I got to mention, uh, Ms. Crim's writer, I am a product of Henrico uh, High School. So, I knew you were going to bring that yeah, up. I, I knew know, it. I, I got to bring it out. I got to bring it out. Proud. Are we allowed to ask what year you graduated? Yes, of course. Yes, you are. Um, young 2010, way, way back in 2010 is when I graduated. That's <laughs> when I started at Henrico. Is it, is it really? So <laughs> I, I was leaving and you, I was were, coming uh, in. you were coming in. Okay, but I want to say again, thank you guys so much uh, for, com for, for coming out. I always say that because I'm so used to not doing virtual ones for logging on, for uh, being present here on the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Thanks um, for having us. Uh, on the top of you guys being high school counselors, uh, what what is an average day like for a high school counselor? And you know we got this thing called a pandemic going on, COVID nineteen. How has that affected what you guys do on the daily? And we'll start with uh, Ms. Uh, Kathy Farrell. Thank you, and thank you for having me. And by the way, I will say that my daughter graduated college in two thousand ten. So oh. um, you guys are very young. Um, a day <laughs> is a, <laughs> and I'm very old. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, I'm fifty five. I'm <laughs> for sure. Hey, my next birthday. <laughs> 
My next birthday, I'll be 55 too. (laughs) Um, A day in a life of a school counselor. Wow, it's kind of like a revolving door. I very, very, I, I love it. So as an organized person, I try to check off my list of things to do every day. So if that's something that's very important to you, perhaps this is not um, a good experience for you. However, the great experience is you get to work with a variety of situations, students, parents, faculty, administration, um, and you just don't know what's coming. And you have to be You have to have a personality that interruptions, and I'm not saying they're bad interruptions, but just interruptions um, are going to happen every day, all the time. Um, But working with students and parents in the community is very rewarding, can be tiring, but very rewarding as well. Yeah, it's certainly a special situation you guys find yourselves in. Um, You know, you guys really are a huge, play a huge role in, in the students' lives in the long run, and we'll get to that. Uh, later on, but uh, Ms. Crims Ryder, can you just talk to us a little bit about your perspective? What is an average day like for a counselor for you over there at Henrico High School? Um, Ms. Farrell hit it on the head. Like you, the only constant is that no matter what is on your calendar, count on it changing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, COVID has really kind of changed in that I don't seem to see, to get the same time daily crisis is when I was in face-to-face school. Like when in face-to-face school, you have things that occur that we might need to intervene and process with students immediately. But I believe now I reach out more to the students after an admin or a teacher um, come to me over a concern for a student rather than the students kind of showing up at my door. You know, that's one thing that's kind of I think changed um, for me. And prior to the podcast starting, Ms. Farrell was talking about some different ways that she's started working with the students that she actually enjoys um, being able to work in a video uh, chat in a conference. And uh, like we are now, the teams, uh, we can walk them through uh, certain college applications. You know, I can put the link in the chat. um, You know, if you want to go ahead and finish that, Ms. Farrell, you're more than welcome to. But I just love that you kind of brought that up, you know, because I've really enjoyed that aspect of us being virtual. Yeah, sharing the screen and, and dumping things in the chat, it makes it in real time. The students, we can actually go line by line. So, um, but again, uh, us reaching out to students is probably more common virtually than them reaching out to us. But regardless, um, we are in constant communication. Yeah, it's good to be in constant communications, especially with, uh, you know, the students uh, uh, still needing to get certain things done in spite of what's going on uh, in the world. Though It seems like you guys have been able to find some type of uh, benefit to some ways to uh, benefit from uh, having to use these workarounds and even innovating. So that's very, very good on you guys. So you guys are counselors, both of you. So why? Why become a counselor? Take us down your career path. How'd you end up here and and why? Why even become a, uh, a high school counselor? And we'll start with uh, Ms. Crims Ryder here. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I have to say, like, which career path? Because I've, I've kind of had a few already. Um, <laughs> y'all were speaking of ages a, a few moments ago, and I'm, I'm not that far, <laughs> not that far behind you. So I've, I've had a few career paths. Um, I earned a bachelor's in pre-law after not really having a choice of whether I was going to go to college or not. Um, I waited until my last semester to complete my internship in the public defender's office in Richmond, only to realize that being a lawyer was not for me. (laughs) I had been in retail, though, in college and just stayed there, eventually moving into management. And then I was lucky to be hired at a really large salon and spa as a retail buyer and products educator. 
Um, we had a really fun boutique. I would do the buying um, by going to the large New York City buying shows, um, looking for items our clients would love. Uh, we also carried really high-end lines of hair care and skin care. And they, these companies worked with us on helping me be a better educator for our clients. Um, but after a while, I was in my late 20s, I kind of was decided that I just wanted to help people in a little bit of a different way. Um, so that's when I was able to go back for my master's. You know, for many years, I kind of felt as if my bachelor's degree in criminal justice and pre-law was kind of a waste of my time. But once I needed to get my master's for school counseling, they were able to accept that. And it wasn't it wasn't a waste of time at all. Um, so, you know, I just really kind of wanted to help people in a different way. And I've been here for 12 years now, and who knows, I might choose yet another career path when it's all said and done. But school counselors have so many different facets of helping students. The variety of ways to help and guide is just really what drew me in and has kept me here. Yeah, if you want to help people, education is certainly one of those professions that you, you uh, want to get involved in, and more specifically in school counseling. All right, Ms. Farrell, take us down your career path. How did you end up as a counselor over there at Hermitage High School? Well, I have a similar background. Um, this is my second career. Um, I was in corporate law um, for 14 years prior to going back to get my master's degree in counselor education. Um, I've worked in several different divisions. Um, I've worked in Chesterfield. I've worked in North Carolina, Virginia Beach, and now in Henrico. Um, so what led me here was, um, oddly enough, my, my daughter was in middle school and um, prior to coming into education or even then when my kids were growing up, it just seems like that our house was the go-to house for friends, et cetera. And so during uh, one of the sleepovers, one of my daughter's friends um, reached out to me and she shared that she was going through a situation um, in confidence. And so, um, long story short, uh, I learned that I played a, a great deal in preventing her from hurting herself. So, um, after that situation, my daughter realized that, um, I guess some of my conversations in, in my current position in corporate was not very self-satisfying. You know, I, I consider myself a nurturing person. I, I want to help others. I, I want to make things better. Um, and so, my daughter had a serious conversation with me. She goes, mom, have you ever thought about like counseling or helping kids or helping people and went back to grad school and um, the rest is history. Yeah, Mike, it seems like that constant theme that we're hearing from both of these women over here uh, are the, the desire to help someone, to help people. And they're certainly in the right profession if they, if they want to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even, you know, with that one thing that's in common, common to, to, to the two of them, there's still there's so many different facets of what they do uh, when it comes to helping the students and, and working with the school system. What would you consider, and, and either one of y'all could take this you know, first, but what would you consider the most important part of your job? Which facet of your job is would you consider the most important part? I'll take this, Tiffany, first, if you don't mind. Um, I think we're just champions for, for kids, for students, for families. Um, you know, the most important part probably is is building those relationships and um, building rapport, getting to know your students, getting to know your school population, your parents. Um, you know, uh, of course, we're there to support them, to guide them, to kind of push them academically. 
Um, but probably most importantly, we're there to provide a safe place for them to, that they know that they can come to us without being judged, without a biases, anything. Um, and they're in a safe environment. I think um, by making these personal connections and providing these safe environments for students and parents, um, that helps uh, build that confidence that they need to push themselves. And that that directly affects their uh, college and career readiness, their personal emotional uh, states, they're uh, teaching them coping skills and, and, and things like that. And I say the the, the college and career aspect um, of they might not otherwise be willing to try something like maybe an advanced class or like maybe taking CTE or, or ACE uh, Center because they don't really feel like anyone believes in them. And if you prove that and if you're genuine and if you're present in every conversation with a student and listen, I think that they really, they really trust us. They really believe in us as we do them. Yeah, and that's got to be a huge factor uh, that plays into it. Tiffany, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say to break that down like even further, listening to me is the most important part of the job because everything Kathy just described, like, you know, whether it's listening to the horrible details of what happened over the weekend or from someone's childhood, as they tell me, they don't often feel heard, you know? So it, in addition, when it comes to post-secondary plans, I'm always listening and trying to read between the lines to help kind of tease out things that they might like or not like for a future career. But if you aren't fully present and listening, it's hard to be effective and, and um, do all of these things that Kathy's describing. Uh, yeah. let's, let, let's actually expand on that a little bit more though, guys. How important would you say uh, in doing your job is making those personal one-on-one -on -one connections with students and, and how do you guys go about doing that effectively? I need to know their story. Like, I just want to know your story. Like, I, I really just love sitting here and, and just hearing Kathy's story, you know? So it helps me to kind of know um, what they're hungry for, what they like, what they don't like, what their values are, what their, you know, what their skills are. So those stories are what help make them them and so unique. And that's going to only help me be more effective um, in listening to them and helping them guide their post-secondary plans. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, being present and, you know, understanding, letting them know that, you know, you understand the best you can their views, because sometimes they're like, oh, does that make sense? I'm only 17. And I think it's very important that they they're unique and we have to meet that meet their need and student by student individually. I think that um, when you when you look at just what, you know, with CTE and the A centers, outside of just the rest of the high school um, experience is the students that are thinking about and taking the those factors into consideration that you may take a CTE class, you may take an ACENTER class, and they've done the investigation because of past, um, some dealing with some some past, um, I don't know, issues with that some people might have had with, with career and technical education in the past those particular students alone are dealing with something even more on top of all that, something else when it comes to making that decision, because, you know, they might not have acceptance from their peers that they're thinking about taking a course because it's not, there's always the opinion that if it's an ACE center course or a CT course means you must not be going to college, which isn't true. So that they may need that ear. If you're listening to them and listening to, you know, what is it that this is of interest to them when they're on their career path and having that, that kind ear is got to be important to them. 
it's a hard, all these decisions are hard. You're, you're not making the decision for them, but you're helping guide them and uh, to these decisions that's going to be, you know, in their best interest. And, and I think that having someone to go to in the school system is got to be important. Right. And as Tiffany mentioned, you know, listening to their story, uh, listening to their their goals, their aspirations. I mean, we have students, let's say if they want to go into the medical field and what and they plan to go to college, well, they can take some classes at ACE to help prepare them for for that. Um, even if we have students who come to me and say, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I, I don't want to make a career out of ACE, but I I'm interested in cosmetology or barbering or something. Well, a lot of times they they, they take those classes, they get certified, they go to college with a business degree, and now they can own their own business or, you know, in cosmetology or in barbering and stuff. So you have to make those connections. And, and you, like you said, you have to listen to their story. And, and right there, uh, Ms. Farrell, what you did was describe by helping the student figure out their career pathway. And we hear that a lot when we talk, when we're talking about counselors, and especially if you're a longtime listener to this show, me and Mike talk about career pathways and getting students on the right path to be successful. Uh, and so from the counselor's perspective, can we get a, a definition for you guys? What is a, stu a student's career pathway as defined by a high school counselor? And uh, we'll start with uh, Tiffany right here. Career pathways are just like smaller groups of occupations within a career cluster. So there's 16 career clusters. Um, well, 17 in Virginia, according to Mr. Beaton, uh, 17th being energy, by the way. Uh, but a typical, you know, a student typically shows interest in a career naturally, or maybe after taking a career inventory, and it might be in more than one career cluster area. But these pathways might include a variety of different occupations and a variety of different educational ways to get to said occupations. So I earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice with the focus on pre-law, but chose not to follow that path. As I mentioned earlier, um, I could have considered other careers within the legal services career pathway um, or within the law and public service um, security career cluster, but I realized none of them were really for me. You know, so I felt for a number of years like my bachelor's degree, like I said earlier, was kind of a waste, but you know, it helped me once I was ready to kind of come on and, and be a school counselor. Right. And I thought and I think so um, as well, connecting them with the specific programs and the supports that interest them. For example, you know, if they have to take, you know, uh, specific classes or introduce them to maybe job shattering opportunities or internships, things like that, so that they can get a little glimpse of the real world um, within that specific career pathway. I always use I also use I don't know if Tiffany used this. It's, it's a Virginia Wizard. It's a it's a free um, yes. online plat, uh, platform that helps students, you know, with their career interests. You have uh, different assessments, um, interest assessments, work um, atmosphere or the, the environmental um, part of it. And um, it also links specific jobs and has videos like a day in the life of that person and the colleges and universities or other apprenticeship programs, things like that, that are needed in order to to fit the requirement of those careers. So I, I use that often and I'm going to flip back to I'm able to do that virtually while we're on this virtual platform. And that sounds like something that would definitely come in handy, right, Mike, having something like Career Wizard. And Ms. Pharrell, that, that is careerwizard.com, or is it a different handle that goes by? Or, like, how do we get there? <laughs> so, I can, so we'll link it in the podcast. I'm sure we'll link it in the description. Um, right. It's uh, vawizard.org. Vawizard.org. Vawizard.org, how you get there. 
Um, what grade do you guys think? What grade do you guys think students should seriously start considering thinking about what career pathway they want to go down? Uh, and we'll start with Ms. Perel for this one. Gosh, I don't even at a grade level is hard for me to specific, uh, <laughs> specifically say, but I do know definitely early elementary. Um, they should at least have the opportunity to do some career exploration, look at the different career clusters um, to and to be introduced to the types of jobs and careers within those clusters. I know that that sounds like a lot, but um, they can I think toward the end of elementary or fourth, fifth grade, they can even do or complete some of the interest inventories. Um, and I also encourage middle and high school students, I think I, I don't know if I alluded to this earlier, to take summer school classes at ACE to provide them with that hands-on experience uh, to gain knowledge regarding the various career opportunities to help themselves and, and their counselors and all when we are, you know, creating those or performing those individual academic career planning lessons. And um, I think all of these things, I'm, I know I've said a lot, but the earlier, the better. I mean, you cannot yeah. introduce students to these career clusters soon enough, in my opinion. Completely agree. And, you know, some of them don't, um, when it comes to maybe the individual, you know, it, themselves in terms of their plan, you know, I believe that, uh, as Kathy was saying, learning all of these career clusters and different careers in elementary school is great, but by middle school, they're starting to develop their own personality, right. you know, and um, I think that is a great time to work with some of them on the career inventories, the value inventories, the skills inventories, um, you know, because that can help them guide what classes, uh, you know, they'll they'll want to do, electives they'll want to do in, in middle school and then on into high school. Yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up because I remember when my daughter was in middle school, when um, my wife and I were in class for a meeting after school had started, and they were talking to us about planning for the future and making sure that you're on the that your child was on the right track, planning you know what their future goals were. And they said, if you make the wrong decisions now, then it's going to be difficult to catch up. So definitely, I'm thinking that at least middle school, you should already have some ideas to start planning towards. You know, yes, elementary schools, you start touching on it but middle school is where you start got to start laying the plans down because that was a scary moment when my wife and i looked at each other when when the, the teacher said you know make the plans now you know so that you're not too late and that it's you know and then it's gonna make it tougher on your child uh, to catch up um so it's yeah it's it's definitely important to be thinking about as early as possible but yeah i think there's i think this i'm sorry tiffany go ahead I think those conversations, like you said, with with parents, oh, they need to re rewind that a, a few years. <laughs> that those oh, yeah. conversations need to take place in, in elementary school as well. And all, it sounds like we want our kids to grow up too fast, um, and that's not the case. I just think being prepared and to to understand um, different avenues and choices. I yeah. think in, in with everyone collaborating together. You know, and if a student changes their mind, it's okay. I mean, you know, that's that's why we have some of these classes and opportunities for them. This is, I mean, I really think the biggest thing here is just exposure, right? Students can't aspire to be something that they've never heard of, right? So we want to expose them and let them know about uh, all the different avenues and all of the different pathways that are available to them. And uh, uh, Ms. Crims Ryder, you wanted to say something uh, uh, prior to me chiming in there? No, I, I mean, exposure is the the most perfect yeah. word, you know, exactly. And then, and then, you know, I was just going to agree with what Kathy was saying. That's what I was actually going to say is it's okay to change your mind. Absolutely. You know, you might change your mind a number of times, um, 
this is my second career. I might have another one. <laughs> After this, you know, you just never know where life is going to take you. And um, we're there to kind of help them uh, with that, even if they do choose to change their mind or if that does happen. Yeah, Mike, it's like we say, always say on the show here, man, uh, sometimes these classes help you understand what you don't want to do. Yes. Uh, getting out of exactly. high school. <laughs> so, because uh, I mean, just like what y'all are saying, you know, I've had my share of careers, too. And I've always looked at them as they were never wasted time. For me, there was always something I could take from oh. that experience, from what I learned and apply it to the next one, to the next one. And, and because me, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I always consider myself a lifelong learner. And even if it meant I was going to teach myself, um, you know, it, to me, it's exciting for, to, 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 for something to pop up and go, oh, my gosh, that sounds so interesting. I would love to learn how to do that and then move on and that be my next career. And I'm probably looking for one now, just like you said. <laughs> What's <the> Absolutely. Next <laughs> yes, I think everyone should commit to be lifelong learners as well. That's a great. That's a great statement. Yeah. So when, when should when should students seek out their counselor, guys? When should, when should they seek uh, seek you guys out? Anytime. Anytime <laughs> that they might need guidance in the areas of career, academic, or personal social. But anytime. Right. And I think at the high school level, I'll hone in a little bit on on this, I think, is, um, you know, we we try to help students um, with self-advocacy and to um, learn and maintain coping skills, whatever they may need. So as that lasts kind of four years before they are they they're thrown into society to become productive citizens, um, I think it's up to us to help them master um, advocating for themselves and any coping skills that they may have. So um, in the personal, social, emotional um, areas as, as well. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, it's a lot more than just uh, being a counselor is a lot more than signing kids up for classes. I have to say I, that. I think <laughs> we do more than schedule changes. <laughs> more than schedule changes. Uh, but uh, how, how can we on the top of the schedule changes and signing people up for classes? How do you help a student who may not know what their career goals are? What can we do for those students who are like, man, I just don't know what I want to do, Ms. Crimswriter or Ms. Farrell. I, I'm just not really inspired by any, anything. So how do you guys go about uh, helping that type of student find their spark using the reference to soul? Hope I don't get copyrighted right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll go back to the career interest inventory. I'll also point out or look at their historical grades or maybe their transcript to see, kind of review the classes that they seem to excel in, um, see if that interests them. Because most of the time we tend to excel in things we're interested in or, you know, like I'm a psychology person. Um, I'm not a math person. So I don't think I would want a career that's, uh, that entails a whole lot of math if I know that that's, that's not a strength of mine or that's nothing, that's not a, an area that I find very interesting. I'm sorry, math folks. I totally, <laughs> totally respect you. Um, um, but those conversations and, and those uh, students who are undecided, they do take time um, and they take follow up and they take, you know, those are the students that I may, when we're back, well, when we're face to face, um, check in during lunch, just a quick, hey, did you do that personal assessment that I sent you or that we talked about? Um, and it's really okay afterwards to, after they graduate, to stay in touch with them if they don't have a career spark, as, as you mentioned. But Fortunately, 
most of the time we can find something. I will go through every career path, every, I'll explain a job versus a career. As Tiffany alluded to earlier, you know, we're all in education. Um, We have three different jobs in education, but we could still have the same career, just different jobs within that career. So I could stay in education and have many different jobs. So once you explain things to them, and then I put them on something, um, the older they get, going back to Virginia Wizard, they have a budget, uh, a fake budget that you can create. And it lets them know, you know, how much a month they're going to cost themselves when they graduate if if they become in, independent. So, um, Tiffany, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but those are very personalized conversations. Yeah, they are. And it's very, it ties everything in with what we've already been saying, you know, getting to know them, knowing their story, what they like, what they don't like, what they hate, what they hunger for. Um, You know, I'll have a lot of kids come in and and say, you know, I want to be a nurse. And one of my first questions is, I'm like, so are you, you're okay with blood, right? You don't get queasy. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, if they, they say yes, I'm like, all right, well, let's, I hear what you're saying in that you want to be a nurse. You know, that's a helping profession. Let's use the, the tools that we have in the interest inventory, the skills inventory to kind of see what else there might be within that, um, pathway, career pathway or a cluster, you know, that might, you might enjoy. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of students um, do programs at the um, ACE Center and have really gone on to uh, make that a career for themselves. But also, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier, you've had some that have, have taken the classes at the ACE Center, but not used that at all. Because a lot of times we do jobs. Some of the best ways to find out what we don't like uh, or don't want to do in the future is to have a job that we don't like. <laughs> right. Uh, right. You know, I found out more about myself by having jobs that I couldn't stand, you know, part-time jobs throughout uh, my life um, than I did, you know, any other way. There's a, there's one aspect that has come up that I never would have thought of on my own if this hadn't happened. I'd read a couple of stories and then I actually had a student about two years ago walked up using a, an ACE Center program to finance their education. Yes. Continuing education where we had Absolutely. a conference. I had read a, two stories where two young ladies had uh, taken cosmetology and that they graduated, both of them graduated law school with zero debt. And then I actually had for real a student walk up to me and ask if they could do the same thing. And if they, I thought that would be a problem. And, and I'm like, I just never would have imagined it on my own that that somebody would look at it that way. And I think it's important to be able to to pass that on and say, have you thought about, yes, it's of an interest of you, may not be something you're going to do as a career, but use it as a way to help finance your education to get to the career you want, but still retain that knowledge for the rest of your life. You know, me, I took auto mechanics, but I'm not, I, I didn't use it as a career, but I still have it. I still use it. You know, I didn't use it necessarily to pay for education, but it was it was something I learned and I wanted to learn. And it, it's just so many different angles you could look at this. And I just and now you don't have to pay for that we get that out like to students. Huh? I said now you don't have to pay for oil changes like I do. Because exactly. Oh, and they're getting up to where like a hundred bucks a pop. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, that's well said. I've I've said that before to students. Um, I don't know why most students, and I guess it's obvious, but um, if they are interested in attending college, the first job that comes to mind is to be, you know, a waitress or a waiter. I don't want to do that, Ms. Farrell. And so 
actually, I know that this, not that ACE is the second best, but if I see, you know, you're into your hair, you're into your nails or barbering or whatever, and they love that idea. And I've had several do that. Absolutely. To help with the college expenses as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, pharmacy tech was another one. I had a few students that have been through the pharmacy tech program, you know, knowing that they could kind of work evening hours and uh, uh, weekend hours more so, you know, to kind of uh, get them through college and make a decent, you know, uh, hourly wage to help them throughout that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm all ready to answer the next question. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, and that I'm saying that leads into another question of, you know, how do you get uh, students connected with those um, where they connect education to real world, uh, the real world job opportunities that's connecting them with those real because, you know, I have students ask me. I've had it this year when we're doing our virtual recruitment sessions and, and other times where the student says, where can I get some real world experience? And it seems like every year I get that ask more and more. By students and it, it first it seems like it comes out of left field and they go no that's exactly what we're doing you know you're there as an ear to listen and then help them find those real world experiences we're offering uh classes that can help them get that those real world experiences and and um and training and so that they're they're better prepared than the next than somebody else may be well, you know, absolutely. we answered all of our questions for us. <laughs> yes. Well, guys, we're running up against the clock here, guys, but I do want to ask one more question in closing. And I knew this was going to be the type of podcast where it was just going to be so much good conversation. Yeah, we're we're going to leave a whole bunch of really good questions on the floor. My <laughs> part two to this one, Mike, I'm telling okay. you. Absolutely. Please. A lot of good discussion uh, centered around this topic here. And it's always nice to hear from the high school counselors. They play such a huge role in, in our students' lives here in Henrico County. But I want to ask you guys this before uh, we let you go, before we stop bothering you uh, on your uh, Tuesday evening. <laughs> so how, how important is uh, CTE and A-Centers to a student's ability to plan and build upon their career pathway, right? So that's, that's the, the, the question that I want to end the show off on. How important is it, is CTE and A-Centers to helping students figure out uh, what they want to do and even put them in a uh, career that they feel like they can be successful in. And uh, we'll, start with, and we'll start with Ms. Farrell here. Okay, thank you. Um, I think it's very important. I think it's one of the most important um, aspects of, of opportunities of, of high school uh, folks. Um, in my opinion, I think CTE and ACE centers um, is the plan which can lead to career success for many. Um, we, we just need to make sure that all students, not just a few, not just college bound, not just folks who are interested in the workforce after high school, but all students have this opportunity and that all students are aware of this opportunity. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like it's tremendously important. You know, I have kind of have a different outlook on life and education than most, but if I can help my students who have an interest in the programs begin this career path at 16 as yeah. opposed to 32, um, where it's going to be not completely free, but <laughs> at a much more uh, lower rate than uh, even taking it at the Richmond Technical Center after graduation. If I can help my students discover that when they're 16 and not older, then I'm definitely going to do that and, and help educate them on, um, you know, the amount of money that can be made, you know, going back to what my getting to know them, you know, I want to know if they want to drive, if they're okay driving a Toyota or if they're going to want to drive a Lexus, you know, because that is also going to help me in knowing 
um, how to guide them. And there's a lot of CTE and ACE Center programs out there where you, I have hairstylist friends that do make six figures, you know, and it yeah. is, you can drive that Lexus. So I don't want them to think that you have to go to a four-year college or uh, get your master's or anything to be able to drive that Lexus. L let's look at, uh, let's look at what we've got here at our, at our fingertips that we can do right now. Yeah, Absolutely. more than one way is to get yourself into a Lexus. That's one thing that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, logging in and, and being a part of this uh, this meeting here, being a part of this podcast, Ms. Farrell and Ms. Crimpswriter. Thank you guys so much for giving us the insight uh, from the counselor's perspective uh, about uh, career pathways. I think we're definitely going to have to have a part two. Well, I definitely have to have Too a part good two. good questions we still got to ask. So we got, yeah, we got a billion more, but we can't get to a billion now. It's supposed to be 30 minutes. It's already gone a little bit longer than it than it needs to be. Mike, this could have been easily an hour-long episode oh, yeah. on CTE now. We've had those before, but I've been trying to keep them down to 30 minutes. But thank you guys so much for uh, being a part of our podcast today. Thanks for the support. Thank you, guys. Thanks thank for the support. You. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, and thank you guys right. so much for the support. Before before I let you guys go, uh, listeners, I want to remind you guys, check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE, Mike. And I got to remind them again about the Life Ready Expo that we are having on January uh, 26th. At the time of this recording, um, you got, it'll actually be the evening that this one airs, this goes live. So uh, January 26th uh, at 6 o'clock p.m., be sure to visit HenricoCTE.com. Um, you, you can't miss it. It'll be Life Ready Expo right there at the top of the page. Click that featured article and it will give you all the information necessary to be able to join and uh, get in contact with the businesses that will be participating um, in that event. Uh, Mike, tell them where they can I think it's important to mention that middle schoolers to high schoolers. Middle it doesn't matter. Yep, thank exactly. you, Mike. This, this, is, this is for middle yes. to high schoolers can all join and be a part of it. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on any of your major or minor podcast venues. Uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, don't miss don't miss uh, one of our episodes. Nope, we're out here trying to drop knowledge on you every other week. Yep. <laughs> About the <different laughs> opportunities uh, available uh, to you guys here inside of the county and even outside of the county, really in the United States, in uh, the world. All right, guys, that's, that's it for me. I'm Rashawn Garnett for Mike Roberts, for Kathy Farrell, for Tiffany Crimson Writer. This has been Henrico CTE. Now, until next time. So long, everyone.